0: Taiwan reported 60,042 local COVID infections on Monday. That's 21 percent fewer than the day before, but officials say the fall could be due to less testing over the weekend.
1: Taiwan also added 468 moderate to severe COVID patients, as well as 109 COVID-related deaths. With a Dragon Boat Festival coming up, the CCC has extended Taiwan's mask mandate until the end of June. Today, we're reporting
2: 60,042 cases detected yesterday. That's about 10,000 fewer people than the day before.
3: Taiwan reported 60,042 local COVID infections on Monday. More than 10,000 were detected in New Taipei, while Kaohsiung had 8,333 and Taichung had 7,540. Taipei, Taoyuan, and Tainan each reported fewer than 7,000 cases. Though the daily case count was lower on Monday, officials say it could be due to fewer tests being conducted over the weekend.
2: It's a drop of 21 percent from the day before. But of course, we can't rule out that the fall is due to Sunday not being a workday. But it appears that the number isn't going higher.
3: The CCC also reported 468 moderate to severe COVID patients and 109 COVID-related deaths. Of the deaths, 106 were patients with a history of chronic disease, 71 were not fully vaccinated, and 65 were aged 80 and up. The
2: death rate for unvaccinated people is six times higher than for people who've been boosted, Every time we look at the daily death toll, we see that 40% or more of the casualties are unvaccinated.
3: Dragon Boat Festival is right around the corner. Experts fear that holiday travel could fuel the spread of the virus.
2: Everyone is both wary and excited about the Dragon Boat Festival. The flow of people is bound to be greater over the holiday, but the situation is rather stable. We're fairly sure the situation is very stable. Every country has walked down this road with Omicron before. Once a certain infection threshold is reached, there is a degree of natural immunity achieved in the entire population.
3: To reduce COVID spread over the holiday, the CCC has extended Taiwan's mask mandate and COVID policies for another month to the end of June. Officials say that compliance with the rules can ensure Taiwan's return to normal life.
1: A new vaccination clinic for minors has opened in Taipei at National Taiwan University Hospital. Every day until this Saturday, the clinic will offer Pfizer's COVID vaccine by appointment only.
0: On Monday, a long line of parents and children was seen outside the hospital. The CECC says it will add another six vaccination clinics for young children, one in each of the six special municipalities.
3: A long line stretches out from National Taiwan University Hospital. It's filled with parents who brought their kids to receive Pfizer's child vaccine. From today to this Saturday, NTU Hospital will administer vaccines every day. On day one of the vaccination clinic, the hospital offered 1,300 slots each in the morning and the afternoon. 800 of them were reserved for teens and 500 for children.
2: Before I got the shot, I was a bit nervous. But after I got the shot, I thought, wow, this is great. Now I can go out to eat. I was originally going to make an appointment on the online platform, but I wasn't able to. And then I saw people on a social messaging group say that NTU Hospital was offering bookings. So I made an appointment fast. After looking at some information online, I decided to pick Pfizer.
3: To get a shot at NTU Hospital, parents must first register their child online before bringing in the child for a vaccine. Upon learning that there were open slots, many parents jumped at the opportunity.
2: We got a notice from the teacher about on-campus vaccinations, but I wanted to come a little sooner to be safer. Because they want to start the new school year with in-person classes. Originally, on-campus vaccinations were going to end on June 17th, but Taipei wants us to complete the vaccination this week, so we administered vaccines at several schools on Saturday and Sunday.
3: (laughs) Over in Hualien, Pfizer's child vaccines rolled out on Monday as arranged by the county's health bureau. Health professionals are going from school to school to administer shots. Currently, all classes in the county are being held remotely. This means that students go in for the vaccine, rest for 30 minutes, and then go back home.
2: My mom got Moderna for her third shot. She says she had very bad side effects. Her first two shots were Pfizer, and the side effects weren't so strong so she picked Pfizer for me.
3: The CCC says Taiwan's vaccine stocks are plentiful. In the six special municipalities, it will add six more vaccination clinics for children starting in June.
2: Over these past two days, I have said over and over again that our vaccine supply is sufficient. This morning, we received another shipment with 330,000 doses. We're now conducting the relevant labeling inspections. They'll be delivered to local governments starting tomorrow. (laughs) A large-scale vaccination clinic will be set up in each of the six special municipalities for children aged 5 to 11. In Taipei, it'll be at Liberty Square, in New Taipei at Banqiao Train Station, in Taoyuan at Taoyuan City Stadium, in Taichung at the National Museum of Natural Science, in Tainan at the main building of Tainan Public Library, and in Kaohsiung at Kaohsiung Exhibition Center.
3: The CCC says parents can get vaccines for their kids through the local governments or at the new vaccination clinics starting in June.
0: Dragon Ball Festival is usually a favorite time for domestic travel, but this year the tourism sector is bracing for a lackluster holiday weekend.
1: Due to the pandemic and bad weather, hotel bookings are down nationwide, standing below 30 percent in nearly all parts of the country. One hotel says its booking rate is as low as it was during last year's Level 3 alert.
3: This room with city views is usually a best-seller over the Dragon Boat Festival. But due to this year's COVID surge, many people are opting not to travel. One hotel says its holiday bookings are as low as they were during last year's Level 3 alert.
2: Last year, during the Level 3 alert, our occupancy rate was about the same as it is now. We hope that it can go up a bit this week with our meal and room promotion. Our average booking rate is about 25 percent, and we hope it can rise to 30 percent over the long weekend.
3: Urban hotels are less than 30 percent booked for the long weekend on the outlying islands and non-metropolitan recreational areas, the numbers are slightly more encouraging. According to the Tourism Bureau, hotel bookings are highest in Penghu at 52%. In Tainan, Sinchu, and Miaoli, it's above 40%. New Taipei and Taipei are at 22%, and JiaYi is even lower at 19%. Nationwide, the average hotel booking rate is about 30%.
2: The only place where it's a little better is the outlying islands. As you say, some of them are at 50%, and other places are at 20%. Most urban hotels are only at about 10% bookings have gone down by at least 50 percent.
3: Besides the pandemic, the weather is also a factor affecting business. Starting Tuesday, a stationary front will bring unstable weather with a chance of thunderstorms. Although the front is due to track away from the island by the holiday, showers are still expected in central and southern Taiwan.
2: Central and southern Taiwan will still see scattered showers. In the afternoon, mountainous areas northern Taiwan and the east could see brief localized thunderstorms. After June 4th, atmospheric humidity is set to rise slightly and rainfall will become more widespread.
3: Due to high COVID numbers and poor weather, hotel bookings have taken a nosedive this Dragon Boat Festival.
0: Figures show that more than 1.5 million people in Taiwan have now had COVID-19. Many people make a great recovery, but some people are suffering from a condition known as Long COVID. Symptoms that linger on a long time after the original infection is gone.
1: We heard from a 30-year-old marathon runner who's lost stamina since a bout of the disease. Meanwhile, rules about COVID medicines are changing. Doctors have advice about what to do if your first course of drugs doesn't do the trick. Ah, Running a marathon is a big
2: test of fitness and stamina. It's become very popular in Taiwan in recent years. But one fit and healthy marathon runner has reported a big drop in his strength since catching COVID.
3: He says that since he recovered from COVID, he climbs three flights of stairs and feels out of breath. And he has been completely recovered for more than a month. That's quite a long time. Preliminary x-rays have not revealed anything particularly abnormal, some inflammation in the windpipe at most. I think patients like this may be quite common, in fact. Many people complain of fatigue or a decline in strength after a COVID infection.
2: This patient once took regular forty kilometer runs. Now a few flight of stairs are inexplicably challenging. <laughs>
3: We still need a lot of research and studies and future observation to work out the full picture of the after effects of the virus. So I would still not advise people to be blasé about getting COVID. Recently, some people have been saying they want to get it as soon as possible so that they will be invincible. But overseas research has found that invincible immunity only lasts three to four months. It's gone in a flash.
2: Doctors say that vaccination provides much better immunity than catching COVID. The government is relaxing rules about the prescription of COVID medicines to stop highly vulnerable groups from developing serious symptoms. But reports from abroad suggest that many patients' viral load goes up after five days' treatment, even seeing a resurgence of symptoms.
3: If a person finishes the course of medicines and then tests positive again, it means their immunity is still inadequate. The drugs can only give you a leg up. They can't eradicate all the virus particles. It's down to your own immunity to fully clear away the virus. If you really feel bad after your symptoms return, you can take another course of medicine.
2: Doctors say that some medicines can be taken twice to help get rid of the virus
1: for good. The Taiwan Stock Exchange rose 344 points on Monday to close just above 16,600. TSMC gained 17 NT while MediaTek rose by more than 3%.
0: One financial analyst sees the rally up ahead that will take the TIEX up to the 17,000 point mark. Let's hear from him.
3: Once the benchmark large cap stocks touch bottom, the Taiex will have room to rebound. Right now, it looks like the index is on track to do that. Of course, the market won't get a surge of turnover all at once, but at least the 240-day moving average is just over 17,300, so I think we'll slowly start moving closer to the 17,000-point mark.
0: According to the analyst, the market may finally be about ready to recover. On Monday, the TIEX moved higher on a turnover of 256 billion NT. Institutional investors bought a net 33.9 billion NT. The rally was led by tech stocks including Largan, UMC, and Hai. The three top freight companies saw lackluster trade closing down by as much as 1.25%. The Legislative Union has passed an amendment that makes any use of state affairs funds prior to December 31, 2006, exempt from punishment. This amendment to the Accounting Act will retroactively acquit former President Chen shui bian of corruption related to the misuse of state affairs fund.
1: Responding to the amendment, former President Chen and DPP lawmaker Ke Jianming said that it was long overdue.
3: Special affairs funds and special allowance funds are both from an old chapter of history. Dealing with them is part of the process of transitional justice. My ying also ran into the issue with these funds. In 2011, an amendment was passed to make the use of special allowance funds exempt from prosecution. The DPP only had 27 lawmakers at the time. That year, we had proposed including special affairs funds in the amendment.
1: During the legislative review, several waves of clashes broke out between the green and blue camp. KMT lawmakers threw plastic cups of water at DPP lawmakers who shielded themselves with placards. The amendment was immediately passed in a favor vote of 57 in favor, 32 against, and 0 abstentions. Three DPP lawmakers put on a show of unity on Monday after battling out fiercely in their party's primary for Pingdong commissioner.
0: The winner of the primary, DPP legislator Zhou Chunmi invited her two former rivals to a promotional event for Pingdong mangoes. During the event, all three emphasized that the primary was behind them and that they would stand together to win Pingdong for the DPP.
3: Mangoes shipped straight from Pingdong are here on display at the Legislative Yuan. DPP legislator Zhou Chunmi organized this event to promote the local specialty. The speaker and deputy speaker both turned out to show their support. Also at the event were two lawmakers who lost to Zhou in the DPP's Pingdong Commissioner Primary. The three former rivals were seated apart and did not interact. It was their first joint appearance since the April Primary.
2: I see that lawmakers Zhang Rui-sheng and Zhong Bing are working together for the sake of this event. Eating Pingdong mangoes is great for you. The more you eat, the more gracious you become, and the loftier your perspective. <laughs> Never mind what Qi Chang said about graciousness. We were all already very gracious. When you lose a contest, you just have to go home to train and get better. That has nothing to do with being gracious or not.
3: <laughs> On stage, legislator Zhuang Rai Xiong touted the merits of competition and the importance of unity afterward. But sitting off the stage, he said not a word, and he kept his distance from Joe during the group photo. Later on, he skipped out on a mango-packing photo op he was meant to attend. She
2: is the DPP's candidate. So if she needs campaign support later on, of course I would step up. In Pingdong, the winner of the DPP's primary election is running. That person represents the DPP. So we, as comrades-in-arms, will fight hard on that candidate's behalf. All of our lawmakers who represent Pingdong are here today. It shows that we are united behind Pingdong in supporting the excellent goods of Pingdong. The agenda we handled earlier today was a bit complicated, so some lawmakers arrived at this event earlier than others, and they seated themselves first. All of them came to support Pingdong. I want to ensure everyone that together we are a great team that will work on Pingdong's behalf.
3: The three former rivals emphasized that the primary was well behind them, and they would stand together to take on the Ping Dong commissioner race.
0: The Transitional Justice Commission was formally disbanded on Monday, the final day of its mandate. The independent government agency was formed on May 31, 2018 to investigate injustices during the martial law era. Over the past four years, it's reviewed more than 7,000 political cases and overturned nearly 6,000 wrongful convictions.
1: It's also worked to remove symbols of authoritarianism and preserve the sites of injustices. On Monday, the commission's acting chair said that the end of the agency did not single the end of transitional justice in Taiwan. The work of the agency will be passed on to six other government units, including the Ministry of Culture and Ministry of Education. Taiwanese baking just won yet more laurels on the global stage. Baker Lee Zongwei recently won the Teen Prize at one of the industry's most glittering events.
0: The champion baker pipped chefs from around the globe at the Coupe du Monde de la Boulangerie, an artisan baking competition held in Paris. We got a sneak peek inside Lee's kitchen in Yilan, where he shared the story of his rocky route to stardom.
2: A tray of pastries fresh out of the oven. Their sweet scents permeate this Elon Bakery, and the baker himself is a big name in the industry. His nimble hands shape the dough into elegant figures. Then, the pastries are lined up and pushed into the oven. The ingredients, flavors, textures, and appearance of every item are meticulously crafted. Li Zhongwei just won the group prize at this year's Coupe du Monde de la Boulangerie but it wasn't always accolades and glory. After graduating from junior high at the age of 16, he became an apprentice in a bakery. His many mistakes and lack of professionalism were too much for the boss who fired him.
3: That was when I started to understand that once you're an adult, you have to take responsibility for yourself. I made up my mind to dedicate myself to this industry.
2: Taking more responsibility looked like getting up early to arrive at the bakery and prepare more before his shift, and staying late after work to learn more from his mentor.
3: The master doesn't necessarily want to teach you, but it would come to the end of the day, and I would beg them to let me stay and do something extra. Can you show me how? Because at that time, I felt the more work I did, the more I could absorb.
2: As the years went by, Lee never stopped learning. He was inspired by his teachers going off to compete abroad, and in 2008, he began entering competitions too. Since then, he's exhibited his work at countless contests in Taiwan and overseas.
3: I think competitions are just a process that's part of life. I've spent 14 years on it. When a competition ends, I remind myself not to forget why I started baking in the first place, my passion.
2: From a rocky beginning, Lee has really made the kitchen his playground. The blood, sweat, and tears of his career have all helped him grow, he says. Winning the Coupe de Monde de la Boulangerie was his first dream, but the baking won't end there.
0: The Taoyuan airport is hiring. The airport's fire department is in need of an infusion of new blood. They welcome applicants from all walks of life. No background in firefighting is required.
1: But it won't be easy to get recruited. These firefighters have to be ready to handle serious emergency rescues at the drop of a hat. To get the job, you've got to excel in academics, attitude, and physical fitness. A group of fire trucks
2: and emergency vehicles set up for duty. The firefighters set to work in pairs to unfurl the fire hose and start a day of disaster management training. The Taiwan Taoyuan International Airport will start hiring their new firefighters in June. They'll accept applications from anyone, students and new graduates, or people who want to chuck in their old career and start afresh all you have to do is live up to their exacting standards.
3: We mainly test applicants with three things, physical fitness, academic tests, and an interview.
2: The firefighters will be hired directly by the airport. Their main duties will be conducting search and rescue after accidents occur, for example, transporting airplane parts or searching damaged planes. That's why the requirements for physical fitness are so stringent.
3: We have five categories for physical fitness. We test applicants on running 3,000 meters, climbing a pole, barbells, weightlifting, and carrying 50 kilograms over a 100-meter run.
2: The new recruits will be apprenticed to veteran firefighters. They must learn to operate enormous vehicles, understand the ins and outs of aircraft, and maintain an extremely rigorous fitness regimen. All that is necessary to be on call for a major aviation emergency.
3: Sometimes when I see more experienced firefighters on duty and how hard they're working, I feel really moved by their selfless contribution to society, so I would also love to be able to contribute in the same way.
2: The Taoyuan Airport has more than 100 firefighters on its payroll. Many have joined the ranks from very different first careers. They hope to welcome in many new colleagues from all walks of life this year to strengthen their team and polish their skills to new heights.